0: Welcome to CISO's Insider's Podcast, powered by GRC Consulting. In this podcast, we'll be interviewing leading CISOs and security leaders in the industry for light, eye-level conversations. Here, they share advice and tips, talk about their biggest accomplishments and failures, favorite drinks, key influencers, and much more. We encourage you to walk away with at least one insight that will help you better yourself or your business. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more content, please check us out on social media. Welcome, everybody. Today, I'm speaking with Jason Rolpau. Uh, And, you know, today is going to be a slightly different episode. Jason is not the Chief Information Security Officer, but he's able to uh, provide some clarity around the recruitment of uh, cybersecurity personnel as well as leaders. And Jason, I see that you've been with Lawrence Harvey, which is a recruiting company, uh, I think uh, for the past, uh, I wanna say five years, you spent some time as a consultant, senior consultant, uh, operation, uh, head of cybersecurity recruitment, uh, before settling in in your current role, which is if I'm not mistaken, divisional manager, head of cybersecurity recruitment. So yep. if you'd like to step in and also, uh, Jason has a podcast uh, where he sits down yes. and talks to CEOs in the industry. So maybe step in, introduce yourself, and tell us about yourself.
1: Yeah, Ben, thank you very much for this. Um, really, really happy to be on here. Um, you you put it best uh, by way of introduction. I lead the security recruitment team in New York's in, in Lawrence Harvey's New York office. Um, Lawrence Harvey, we're a technology recruitment consultancy, and then yeah, I, I head up the cyber function where. Um, we recruit on behalf of all different types of firms, your your large Fortune 500s, your small startups, and everything in between across different industries. Um, it's been my core focus networking with the cybersecurity world for the past five years at this point. Um, it's really interesting, the lens and perspective that I have on the industry, because I'm always speaking to different people with different backgrounds. Um, so I think this could be a really cool episode for us to dive deeper into it. Um, and as you said, I, I do also have my own podcast where, um, quite frankly, it's it's very similar to the structure that that you have in yours. Um, we speak to different security leaders across the industry, discuss trends and all that good stuff. So um, I think this is a great opportunity for for both of us to be exposed to each other's network. So thank you for that.
0: Yeah, and thank you for uh, taking the time. Uh, and and I know it took us a um, you know a few tries to put this uh, <laughs> on the calendar, but uh, happy to finally get together. Now, before yep. we get started, I typically ask a couple of icebreaker questions. You probably know uh, if you cool. are willing to share your marital status and favorite drink, that would be awesome.
1: Um, definitely not married. Um, so yeah, and favorite drink would be, I like a good mezcal margarita. Um, I like a good smoky drink. So um, really anything with mezcal, I've I've definitely been liking. How uh, How about yourself, Ben?
0: Yeah, I, I I mean I like mezcal because of its uh, smokiness as well, and I also like yep. the single malts. Um, I agree. my favorite one is a smoky one. It's called Lagavulin. So um, yeah, ooh, might have to
1: uh, might have to try it.
0: Yeah, and uh, also if you if you try an old fashioned,
1: but the one where they make it fancy with well, with the smoke,
0: like the, the the cocktail, that that's also good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you go to those places and um, they have that like last ring around it and, mm-hmm, and the exactly. smoke filtering into the drink it's good fun absolutely
0: yes that's my go-to cocktail <laughs> whenever I do take cocktails uh but anyway nice. yeah let's uh, get started unless uh you know otherwise we'll be spending all of our time talking about uh drinks <laughs> so yeah um so and I know you mentioned briefly and you discussed briefly about your role in the company can you tell us a bit more about what it is that you do
1: yeah, so I am essentially the third party between individuals that are looking for new job opportunities within cybersecurity um, and companies that are looking to bring people in. Um, so organizations have different um, challenges and pain points in being able to identify the right talent within their team. Um, and then we go in and, and you know, Leverage our networks and um, all different events and industry discussion uh, boards and things of that nature to be able to find the right people and bridge the gap. Um, it's really, really cool and rewarding. One of the best feelings in the world is helping somebody to take that next step in their career, land their dream job and and really move up. Um, so it's fun. It's 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 yeah, it's something I'm passionate about. Um, and then over the last two to three years, not only have I been um, recruiting security practitioners and security leaders, but I also manage a team of recruiters within my firm. Um, mm-hmm. So my role now is a very unique blend of still recruiting, um, but also managing, and I love it. So it's, it's, it's good fun um, and, and I'm definitely grateful for where I'm at right now.
0: Okay, uh, thank you for that. And you know, before we get started and talking about the trends in the industry, are we willing to share uh you know you've been in in the industry for a good number of years are you willing to share your biggest failure so far and what did you learn from it
1: yeah um i would say that the biggest failure would be <laughs> it's a so it's a, it's a funny story so obviously when when recruiters message people on linkedin um it's always or a good recruiter is going to very much target their approach. They're going to map out somebody's LinkedIn profile, understand if they're right for the role, um, make sure that the person that they're reaching out to is extremely relevant for it. Um, And I do that every time I message somebody. If you get a message from me, it's authentic. Um, That being said, on, on LinkedIn, there is a section called LinkedIn Recruiter. And what that does is even if you have mapped out people um, that are all relevant for whatever skill set you're trying to find. Um, you can message everybody at once um, and it comes up as individualized messages, right? Um, and LinkedIn recruiter has this button um, where it can say hello, first name and it automates the the person's first name. Um, I had once messed up when clicking on that button and I had sent a message to about 50 security leaders in my network um that said hello first name um and these are people that i know and i i've spoke to you in the past and i was so embarrassed after that went out that it didn't actually say their first name um you should have seen how how red my face had turned so um yeah that definitely wasn't a proud moment but the learn and the takeaway be detail oriented mm-hmm um make sure that you're double checking everything before you're messaging people um and now we can yeah. laugh at it <laughs> yeah i mean
0: the the number of times that i got uh an email saying a low first name well i can't even begin to to try and uh, backtrack and you know give you a yeah. an exact number but yeah i've gotten that a bunch of times um and, well. yeah <laughs> uh, i mean i don't uh, feel as bad then <laughs> no you shouldn't and you know it happens uh, <laughs> So,
1: um, yeah, I
0: mean, and what was your biggest accomplishment
1: then? Biggest accomplishment on the flip side of things, there are a couple of organizations that we work with. Um, There's one consultancy and one security vendor that come to mind um, where I had placed pretty much an entire team within this company. Um, So a situation where like I had, uh, you know, placed the head of security engineering Um, And then that person needed to hire five security engineers, one within cloud security, product security, application security, a pen test engineer, and then a SIM engineer. So really um, encompassing all of cybersecurity. Um, And the opportunity to bring this person into their role um, and then just fully build out a team under them, that was super rewarding. Um, And then at the RSA security conference in 2022, I actually had met up with that entire team in person Um, and it was just like one of the most surreal moments of my career, you know? Um, so it ties into everything that I mentioned and how rewarding of a job this is. Um, but it's just always a cool feeling when you can build out an entire team.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I can only imagine that you, you actually feel making an impact and, you know, it's very satisfying. So yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly that. Um, it's 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 really good. So um, yeah, of course. Okay,
0: you know, give us like a, a high level overview of your um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Your notion of what the cybersecurity industry is at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, the security industry is one of the most important industries within all of technology um, or within any segment of hiring in the world. Period. Every company needs to be secure, whether an organization has, um, you know, whatever an organization's internal data is, um, it needs to be protected. Um, so, the security industry is important. That's number one. Um, we need more and more security practitioners, and we need to lower the barriers of entry into cybersecurity um, because it's always going to be an uphill battle, and it's just about making sure that we're equipped in the best way possible um again i have a very unique view into the cyber job market which let's not beat around the bush this last year it's um certainly slowed down a little bit um with that being said right now we are seeing um things start to spring up again which is really positive and optimistic um so yeah short answer security it's important um despite Wider economic trends, it still needs to be here, and we're starting to see the market pick back up a little bit, um, which is extremely encouraging. Does that does that help answer what what you're looking for? I'm I'm happy to go into more detail on that.
0: Yeah, I mean it does. But you did mention uh, two points that I wanted to uh, expand on. So the first point uh, you mentioned was the barrier to entry, and you know I've had a lot of conversations with. Uh, you know people that want to get into the cyber security industry and are not really they don't really know how like what would be yep. their first step and this is actually a conversation that i've had with a lot of CISOs out there and yep. and i think uh it ties into that you know the the prerequisite or the requirements that some of the companies out there that are recruiting or asking for like you know a minimum of whatever like three five years you know for just being a stock analyst or one of the other uh, entry level positions. So, what are you feeling on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, there there are sometimes barriers, and it's unfortunate. But we as an industry need to do our best to break them down. Um, one, the very first thing that we can do to to positively affect this would be. Um, being just simply being more truthful in job descriptions, it's, it's very painful to see a job description say entry level on top, but then you go into the body of the job description and it says five to seven years or whatever that can be. So um, aligning job descriptions to the actual nature of the role would, would, would be super helpful. Um, aside from that, it's just about encouraging people from all backgrounds to um, get into security um, I think there's a misconception sometimes that people need to come from extremely technical backgrounds. And while yes, there are many disciplines within security that that are extremely technical domains, people from all different backgrounds can get into cybersecurity. Um, whether you ha- you're doing research and development within a firm, um, whether you are in an operational team, whatever it can be, there there are different domains in security that that can lend nicely into that. Um, so I think as an industry, we need to make people more aware um, that you don't have to just come from this extremely hands-on technical background to do it um, and of course education is 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 great and it's good to go to college but that's not the be all end all you know i some of the the, the best people that i place they didn't go to they did not go to school for a security degree um, so helping to leverage different online programs and training and, and giving people a chance, right? All of these small little things, if we can form them together, we're just gonna help kind of get past some of the misconceptions in the industry. And then slowly over time, I think we should be able to get more and more practitioners that, that are able to join and, and hopefully make some progress. Um, does 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 that help build off of what you were looking for?
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, I do have uh, one more follow-up question. Uh, so. What do you see as uh, the most common entry-level position that you're able to recruit for?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think a tier one SOC analyst is a great way to um, get get into the industry. Um, I mean, ultimately, there's lots of different ways that you can, can branch off into um, following being in a SOC role, whether you wanted to stay within the SOC, move into IR, move into engineering for a SOC. Um, so, yeah, I would say that that, that entry-level security analyst role is, is, is amazing, but it's not just SOC, right? Um, uh, all disciplines of security. Um, I think governance risk and compliance is, is excellent for individuals that are looking to get into the industry that um, even if they, again, don't come from such a technical background, just having an understanding of, of different controls, policies, and regulations and how they tie together in a security environment, um, that's something that can help uh, a person getting into the industry and getting wide exposure. So I'd say those are two of the domains, but again, there's so many different disciplines within security that if if you're listening to this and you're looking for, for your first job within security, please don't box yourself out. Don't limit yourself. Cause, cause there's so much more.
0: Yeah. And you know, one of the things that I've, I was able to talk about a lot with both CISOs as well as the applicants in the field is the career path. Uh, Do yep. you have any any thoughts about like what would be the career path of a SOC analyst as opposed to uh, an entry level position at GRC, uh, with GRC or with yep. uh, you know SDLC for that matter?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's a great question. So um, <laughs> I mean, people can can venture out in, in whichever ways they think are best for them, but I'd say for a SOC analyst, what you tend to see is um, somebody that progresses within a SOC, right? So tier one, two, and three in your in your standard SOC environment. Uh, maybe moving up to a team lead if if management is a career aspiration. Um, a lot of the time, people that come from that SOC background also then uh, might pivot into incident response because those two worlds sit so closely together. Um, and and then maybe they just uh, develop to be very senior within the incident response field. Um, a, a lot of the time also, a lot of people that I speak to that started their career within a SOC um, have also progressed their their career to encompass... Uh, security automation and, and orchestration of a SOC environment. Um, this is, this hits pretty close to home because one of the most recent individuals that I placed, um, this person was was in a SOC for 10 years, um, and then they took a year off. They learned a lot of software development, Python, automation, and they combined those skill sets to to focus in a high-level SOAR-focused role. Um, so we see that blue team world sit pretty close. Cyber intelligence is also another area that's it's quite close to the blue team Um, but in comparison maybe you mentioned somebody that starts as a GRC analyst Um, yeah like they're going to progress in in different ways as well whether they are going into third-party risk or vendor risk or internal risk whatever it can be right Um, it's it's a vastly different background Um, but at the end of the day um, whether you are in the very technical domain of cyber or one of the the less technical domains of cyber um, there will still be opportunities to move up, turn into a leader if if you want to be one. Um, and again, help defeat the bad guys and the bad girls, which is why we're all here in the first place.
0: Mm-hmm. And if you're a newcomer to the industry and you're, you aspire to be a CISO one day, what would you, you know, when you talk to an applicant and they, they tell you this, what would be your advice to them? How
1: to start, where to start, and how to carve out your career path? Speak to CISOs that are out there, understand how they got to okay. where they are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: um and like ask them you know what they did to professionally develop um you want to focus on leadership and all the soft skills because being a great security practitioner is is one thing and it's super important but but to be an effective CISO you need to be an effective leader obviously um so understanding ways that understanding your strengths and leadership um, and where your areas are to upskill and then actively implementing measures to upskill and get to where you need to be, um, whether that's through education, reading books, again, speaking to people, what, whatever the means are. Um, but it's just about, yeah, um, understanding the soft skills and the communication and, and all the things that go outside the, the day-to-day of a security practitioner would be my advice.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, your feedback uh, is closely aligned with a lot of uh, the feedback that I got uh, interviewing uh, probably by now, 80 CISOs out there, you know, talking about soft skills and um, management uh, capabilities and educating oneself and also marketing yourself as uh, as a newcomer to the industry. Yeah, networking is important as well as education. Um, great. Yo, well, you know, thank you so much for these answers. I think you provide a lot of value for uh, people that are listening in and trying to get uh, a feel on, you know, what to do next or how to get into the industry. Can you tell us a bit about, uh, prevailing trends in the industry nowadays,
1: especially if you can compare it to like, uh, I don't know if you can, but maybe to like, uh, five, 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, maybe not 10 years ago because I, I wasn't yet in the industry, but, but, but five years ago, certainly I can give you a, a difference in in what we're seeing um ai is such a buzzword right now you go on linkedin if you scroll for two minutes you're going to see people talking about ai um and that that's obviously an industry trend um what does it mean it means that threat actors in in, in the bad guys and the bad girls as i said they are going to be leveraging artificial intelligence to um, enhance their attacker capabilities um and in and, and come up with yeah different types of threats than, than I guess we've seen within the past. Um, and then also on the defensive side and or the, the offensive side within like combating and pen testing and whatnot. But um, we as an industry need to also leverage AI to, to be able to combat all these threat actors. So artificial intelligence, obviously that's one industry trend. Um, and then... Uh, I mean, on the less technical side, if we're talking about like a scope of one's role, um, another trend that we're seeing quite a bit um, after COVID obviously is an increase in hybrid environments in in, um, the way that different offices and companies are set up, um, which then gives the wider market more visibility to different jobs that maybe they wouldn't have been able to do within the past. So um, those are two very different trends, but those are two trends that tie into my day-to-day and I come across uh, quite often.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. And to expand on one of your previous answers, and I know, you know, as we mentioned, you help organizations uh, recruit um, leaders in the industry as well as CISOs. Let's talk specifically about this CISO. And I know you mentioned that briefly, but in your opinion, what's the most crucial skill that a CISO should have, and what are you personally looking for when you
1: help an organization hire a CISO? Great question. Uh, most important skill is is the ability to get everybody to buy into one collective goal. Um, a lot of the time, when I see when I ask an organization about the pain points they had um, and, and what led um, to a CISO's departure, it was that they couldn't get the team together. Um, there were different people that were, were focusing on, on different initiatives, and they couldn't see that bigger picture. So the ability to foster a team and in, um, in, in really build that up, I think that's super important. Um, what do I look for when I'm recruiting a CISO? Um, it's going to depend on the CISO role. They, um, I think there's a misconception sometimes when people aren't in the industry that a CISO role is plug and play, but it's not. Um, there's the type of CISO that's building something from scratch. There's the type of CISO that's maintaining an environment. There's the type of CISO that's revamping a security environment that's re- in a really bad place. Um, so what I look for is is somebody's experience in doing one of those things for, for whatever aligns with the role that I'm recruiting for. Um, and I also look for them to be able to break things down in a clear and concise manner to me. Um, a lot of the time I'll ask CISOs about the scope of their function. Um and that means the headcount that report up into them, the different skill sets that are looked after, um, the the different business impacts that that can come into place if there's not a, a well-structured security environment. Um and when a CISO is able to articulate these things in a clear and concise manner, it's always an extreme uh green flag. Um so yeah, again, I I know I'm I'm naming quite a few things all at once, but um I can dive so much more into it, but that's at a at a, at a at a pretty high level. Does that provide what you're looking for?
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, I have uh, another uh, question coming up, uh, obviously. Uh, who's the, uh, you know, your usual like hiring manager for a CISO? And I know you, you'd say it varies, you know, by organization and of all course. that. But I'm trying to get like a, a feel to, are CISOs mostly reported into the IT organization or outside
1: of it? So if you could share some. Yeah some light on um so it's interesting the i'd say the last 10 ciso's that my organization has placed it's it's been a 50-50 split of if the ciso sits within the it organization or if they sit outside of it um in some organizations not all organizations but in some organizations sometimes there could be a conflict of interest if a ciso is reporting into an it organization but sometimes it works perfectly um so there are times that yeah let's, um a, a CISO reports to a CIO. I've I've seen a CISO report to a CFO. Um, I've seen in some smaller organizations directly to the CEO. Yeah. Um, so so truly, yeah, I I'm gonna say it varies. But um, regarding like if a CISO should sit within that IT function, it's just going to vary and and depend on um, if the CIO comes from or the CTO comes from a security background. Um, what their goals are and what the business problems are that are trying to be solved. Um, Does that align with what you see in the industry? I'm actually very curious to understand what um, some of the other leaders have mentioned when they've been on these episodes.
0: Well, I I was about to say that I'm, uh, you know, somewhat surprised because I was under the the impression that uh, a lot of organizations nowadays are moving away from the the CISO as part of the IT organization mindset as opposed yep. to what we had in the industry like 10-15 years ago because the majority yep. the majority of the CEOs that I've interviewed I think most of them are outside of the IT organization and okay. a lot of them a lot of them think that that's the way it should be um yep. but yeah just curious maybe we work you know maybe do you think that's industry specific what you're seeing or is it across industry like the yeah, you know, uh... the
1: IT IT part being a part of the IT. Um no, there there are industry ties to it. Like for example, um in there's a few like large financial services clients that we work with um in within these organizations. It's 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 not necessarily sitting under IT. It's a, a total separate entity. So so yeah no I, I think there is something that's that's to be said for the industry as well. Um another another I guess title that you sometimes see a CISO report up into that I should have mentioned. Um a, a chief compliance officer or a chief risk officer. Um, that's 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 another area that we've seen in the past. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. Good. Thank you. And uh, you know, uh, so you also hire, obviously, not only CISOs. Let's let's you know take one step back and look at, uh, let's say, a director of cybersecurity or a GRC yep. director at an organization. When you hire yep. those uh, for those roles what what would you say you're looking for and what is different than as opposed to recording a season
1: yeah i mean at the core of it what what we're looking for it it's there's still lots of similarities somebody that's able to gain buy-in from a team somebody that's able to understand the business's challenges and how to tie that into security um somebody that's a that's a well-rounded practitioner um with a, a diverse background and path up into security um, the difference is going to be scope, right? Um, I think one of the most important things in a CISO seat is um, that, that that board interaction, the executive buy-in, um, really being that, that partner between security and the business. And I mean, in some organizations, you might call that a BISO. But but overall, that, that high-level interaction. And while a director of security, of course, there might be times that they need to be meet with stakeholders and, and um, all these types of contacts as well. I I don't think that's necessarily going to be a core component of the role. And when I'm interviewing for them, um, that's that's not something that I focus on as much, right? Um, uh, One organization's director, it's going to vary from another one, right? Like the director of a Fortune 500 GRC function is vastly different than um, a director of GRC in 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 a smaller startup. Um, But but fundamentally, somebody that's able to get buy-in from a team um that has maybe started their career in that in that discipline and and moved up and has the bumps and bruises from it um i I think those are some of the things that um are are really helpful and obviously help make a good leader over time
0: Mm -hmm. right and as a potential career advisor what would your advice be for um you know someone taking their first steps in the industry and i know we covered that briefly earlier today spoke about yep. um, you know positions such as SOC analyst or GRC, but yep. do you have anything to add there?
1: Um, again, don't box yourself out. Like there's so many different paths within security um, that um, you wanna explore it all, give everything a chance. I, I, I think that's so important. Um, continuous learning, that's that's something that every hiring manager that I work with looks for in the candidates that, that they bring into their team. Um, somebody that wants to ask their teammates about um, different topics within security and, and, and just kind of understand and, and have that mentality of never giving up, right? Um, I think that's really helpful. Um, one thing that I like to advise security practitioners, especially getting into the industry, is the ability to articulate how they would find answers. Um, it's okay if you're interviewing for a role and you don't know the answer to a question that you're being asked. Not everybody's perfect and, and that's going to happen, but what's super powerful um, is the ability to say, hey, I don't quite know that answer, but to get that answer, I would read this blog or I would use this tool or I would do X, Y, and Z. In um, the ability to get from point A to point B, taking that mindset and applying it to security, I think that's super important. Um, and stay persistent, right? It's, it's gonna be tough. Not every day is gonna be fun um security unfortunately is an industry where where there is a bit of burnout and people have um some very high expectations but but stick with it um because it's really rewarding and again um it's one of the most important things out there In, in every company needs it so um yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay yeah
0: I'm, I'm trying to figure out if there are any other you know Tips that would be valuable to our listeners, especially to the to those who's trying to get a foothold in cybersecurity. Like for example, a, lot, you know, a question that I'm getting often from people that they're just trying to get into the industry is okay, what's what's gonna be my first step? What do I need to do? What certification do I need to, to obtain? What type of course do I need to enroll to? Uh yep. where do I meet those professionals? How do I, you know, get my first break basically? This is like what yeah. i'm hearing a lot.
1: Of course, of course that's no it's 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 a good follow-up question. Um i I'd, I'd say the entry level cert that we see um the the security plus tends to stand out that's good for for broader exposure across all of security. Um how how do you get that first conversation with that first uh security professional to open doors? Um tailored linkedin connections would be my best my best advice. And if there's any listeners that want to dive more into how to be tailored on your LinkedIn content, um, do reach out to me. Um, But I I'd say some high level advice would be targeting um, you know, targeting some companies that are in geographic proximity to you. And there's a way that you can search on LinkedIn to understand the companies that have active security teams within proximity to you. Um, Putting together a list of five, five people at each company, maybe, I don't know, 10 companies is a reasonable number. Um, And not just connecting with them on LinkedIn, but um, when you go to connect with somebody on LinkedIn, there's like that, uh, like send connection request with a message type thing. It gives you 300 characters. Um, Summarize your situation in 300 characters. Hi, I'm an entry-level security practitioner looking to get into the industry. You might be hiring, you might not. Um, but overall, I'm just speaking, I'm looking to speak with good people, understand their path into this and, and how I can apply that to my own situation. Um, again, you're going to need to simplify that into 300 characters. Um, but it's about going on LinkedIn, mapping things out, reaching out to people with tailored outreach, and um, in, in looking to build genuine connections and relationships off the back of that. Um, while, of course, doing all the technical studying, getting your security plus and um, everything else that might be needed. Um, does, 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 is that what you're looking for there? I'm, I'm happy to go into more detail.
0: Um, Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I just wanted to add that, um, you know, personally, one of the things that I've understood when, you know, talking to all these CISOs is that a lot of people out there are very happy and willing to help uh, people yeah. that want to get into the industry. So if you're asking for help or for advice, and you're not and you and you're making it clear that you're not trying to you know sell anything or you're not trying to just be one of those called this is not like not one of those cold approaches you'd yep. be surprised by the number of uh, people that are actually willing to sit you know take some time take out of their time and you know put some slots on the calendar and meet with you and trying to help you as best they can
1: yeah, exactly that. And and I think that's a great thing about the security industry is that that people um, do collectively see that this is a team effort. Um, and, and yeah, even just comparing it to um, – because, again, my company, like I, I lead the security recruiting team, but I have colleagues that run recruiting teams in other uh, disciplines of technology. And I think one really cool market dynamic of the security industry is that people do come together in a great way compared to other uh technology sector so you are totally right like people are more inclined to help than than one might expect and, and we should definitely leverage that um when when looking to get a foot in the door for sure
0: so jason we're uh coming to the tail end of this episode uh what, what's the best way to connect with you i mean you provided a lot of uh great insights here and you know i'm, I'm assuming some people would want to reach out
1: yeah of course um linkedin is the answer to that i am on linkedin more than i would like to admit um i've got my linkedin notifications on um so whether it's core business hours whether it's way outside of core business hours um if you send me a message on linkedin i would i would love to connect um and then from there i can set up calls with whoever would like to speak or, or whatever form of communication is best for them
0: okay thank you and one final question if money was never an issue what would you do different with your life
1: um Something with baseball. Um, I am a massive baseball fan. Um, outside of outside of work, it's probably the main thing that I talk about. Um, I am on a mission where I travel all third. I travel to all thirty MLB stadiums across the USA. I've seen twenty three of the thirty, so we're almost Whoa. there. Um, yeah, it's it's really cool. It gives me gives me a fun excuse to travel. Um, but but yeah if, if money wasn't a thing I would probably spend every day going to a new baseball game um, and uh, doing meet and greets with players and, and all that good stuff so um, it's important to be passionate about things that, are, that aren't that are just your job of course um, what what about you I let, let me ask you that mm-hmm. well I would probably
0: you know uh, focus on my hobbies and you know enjoy life more and uh, you know do whatever i like to do like uh, flying skiing all kinds of things
1: nice nice very good fun
0: yeah well uh i appreciate your time today thank you so much jason and uh do you have any you know any uh, notes to summarize this uh, conversation today
1: no uh first of all I'm, I'm i'm really grateful that that you had me on this i think again this is a great opportunity for us to be exposed to each other's networks um I, I think we touched on some really good topics regarding the different backgrounds of CISOs and getting into the industries and getting into the industry and the importance of security. Um, so I, we're fully on the same page. This has been good fun, and I'm excited for all the the conversation and discourse that builds up off the back of it. Thanks a ton, Ben.
0: Thank you, Jason. And it was a pleasure meeting with you and talking to you today. Thanks. Certainly.